1: And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Joining us to help handle this business, former Redskins tight end Logan Paulson joining us on the Team 980 guest hotline. Big fella, what's going on, my man? How you doing?
0: Not much, Linnell. I appreciate you having me on, and thanks for your patience in getting this scheduled, buddy. Appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir, my man. I know you're a busy man grinding that film. I'll ask you about that first. Uh, we were talking about Daniel Jeremiah and his recent Uh, mock draft he mocked Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid to the Washington Commanders at pick number 16 I know you've been hot and heavy into the tight ends Uh, what do you think about Kincaid and his fit here
0: yeah so I mean I like Kincaid I think the thing about him is like you wonder about how he transfers at a high level he's not an overly big or physical person Uh, he, he excels in terms of catching the football and running routes and I think that's what gets you excited about him I think, you know, in terms of draft philosophy, uh, this is going to sound like blasphemy because I am a tight end and this sounds crazy, <laughs> but I am not a big fan of taking a tight end in the first round. Yeah. I think, um, you know, in terms of positional value, there are other positions on the board that I think are more valuable. I think tackle, I think quarterback, I think even edge rusher, you know, with kind of the Duron Payne contract, I think that's something they got to think about moving forward uh, into 2024, and I could totally see them taking an edge rusher at, uh, is it 16? Yeah, um 16, so 16. So... So Kincaid that high is just a little too rich for my blood. I think he's a good player, but I don't. I, I think tight end value that high is, is probably not my doesn't coincide with my draft of philosophy. And I don't quite think Kincaid's like a first a high first round player like that. So I, you know end of the first, early second if he's there at forty eight, I'm all on board with that. But that just seems a little rich for my blood.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Especially the way the board shakes out in this particular mock draft. The tackle Broderick Jones goes one pick later. To the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I know of one of the top tackles in this draft. I go immediately after we pick a tight end, man. The DMV will be in a frenzy.
0: Uh, <laughs> when,
1: you, when, you, when you look at Washington and their moves in the first wave of free agency, I got a chance to listen uh, to your breakdown on the John Kime report, man. Awesome job per usual. I love what you had to say about Andrew Wiley, man. This is a kid who isn't going to maul you, isn't going to you know drive your your, your face into the dirt, but he knows how to get in the way of people and he understands angles. What do you think he brings to this commander's offensive line and how enticed are you by the opportunity of him getting a up next to Sam Cosme?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's exciting. I think it's, it's, especially exciting because of Eric Bieniemy's relationship to him. I, I do yeah. think Andrew Wiley is somewhat limited as a pass protector. I think he doesn't have ideal length. I think he's a good athlete, but I think against elite edge rushers, um, he can get taken advantage of. And what I saw, you know, during his time in Kansas city is that they understood as an offense what he does well, and how to best maximize his skill set. And when you think about you know, roster construction and putting a team together, there's really only three, maybe four guys on a team that can be in any scheme regardless of, of fit, right? Yeah. Andrew Wiley's not one of those guys. He's a guy that's going to come. He's coming here, and he's going to provide tremendous value because he's a good fit in Eric Bieniemy's scheme, and Eric Bieniemy knows how to utilize his skill set, insulating him with RPO, with quick game, with chips, with play pass, all those things. And then in those five to seven drop back passes that Andrew Wiley has to do in a game, he can absolutely crush those because, like I said, he's got excellent feet and can move really well. The other thing you alluded to, Linnell, is Mm -hmm. he might not be the biggest mauler of all time, but he is quick off the ball. He has excellent bend. He can move people. He can cover people up. And when you want a run block, that's the type of guy you want. It's not this big, hulking, you know, 380-pound guy. It's a guy that can get to the second level, right. get on get on linebackers, and get underneath the pads of these bigger defensive tackles and lift them out of here. And it's exciting to think of Cosme, who's built in a very similar way next to Andrew Wiley and the fact that they probably can execute those backside B blocks, those, foot, those frontside double blocks at a very, very high level and move some people off the football.
1: Listen to you. Talk dirty to me, Logan Paulson, giving <laughs> us the best X's and O's uh, in the DMV. I wanted to ask how you think he translates in the screen game because I know – Last year, as we would do the show, Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live, it always felt like, man, they never have success running screens. With a right side made up of Cosme and Wiley, how much better do you think they'll be in the screen game?
0: I think they'll be way better. And I think not only will they be way better because of the personnel, but I think schematically and in terms of installing screen games Mm -hmm. and in terms of speaking to those guys' skill set, you know, Andy Reid who Eric BNEB's been under for the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, really understands angles, leverages, and how to detail that screen game at a high level. So I look at that and I say to myself, you know, that is going to be a significantly improved area for this team because Andrew Wiley's a tremendous athlete. Cosme is a tremendous athlete. They're both good in space. They can both run pretty well. So I think that's what you're looking for in the screen game and the type of athlete you're looking uh, to kind of deploy in that area. So, I definitely think that's going to be much better. And if we do that show again this year, I think that's going to be something we're going to be cheering as opposed to kind of groaning over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely not fun watching them try to execute screens last year. Uh, The other offensive lineman that they brought in was Nick Gates. And, you know, he's got just a tremendous story, Logan, basically shreds his leg into pieces in that Week 2 game against Washington in 2021. How important, not just from a football standpoint, do you think he is – Coming in and trying to continue to grow and establish that no-nonsense, no-excuse culture mentality. Because you know it, Logan. This was a guy that didn't know if he'd be able to play football again. So the fact that he was able to go out last year and play as well as he had, what do you think he brings to this locker room?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like you kind of talked about that no-nonsense mentality. And he's a guy that when you watch the film, you can tell he enjoys that physical kind of brutish element of football at the NFL level. He is a tough son of a gun. I got to sit down and do an interview with him, and he really harped on the idea that he sees himself as an enforcer. He's a guy that likes to, again, kind of get on you, you know, push you past the whistle, hunt for those personal fouls, put those defenders in a frustrating position. You know, He's not the best athlete in the world, but he's, he's physical, he grinds, he's tough he's gritty he's exactly kind of what you want for that swing guard spot a guy that could maybe challenge for a starting center for starting center snaps but i think as a swing guard you feel really good about him because he is a good pass he's a he's a solid pass protector at guard and he plays with a, a nice toughness and grit that um you know obviously west schweitzer played with right. and i think west schweitzer is probably better in that area but i think what, what you get with gates is a, a guy who's slightly better in pass protection and a more well-rounded player is always, um, is always advantageous, especially for an offense that I think is going to be throwing the ball a little bit more effectively this year.
1: I'm talking to former Washington tight end Logan Paulson, you can uh, check out him and Craig Hoffman each and every week on the Take Command podcast, wherever you download your podcast. You guys are doing a great job uh, with that, as always, Logan. I want to go to the defensive side of the football for a second. Everyone, when they look at next month's draft, Logan, it keeps pegging a cornerback to Washington, and I completely agree. Uh, they can definitely stand to upgrade at that position. But when I see the waiver wire and I see they're able to get their hands on a Cameron Dantzler, when you look at his physical athletic profile, how do you think he fits here in D.C.? And do you think he's a guy that really just needed to change the scenery because he's got all the tools?
0: I do think so. I think he's a guy who's a little bit undersized from a weight standpoint. Height's okay, but a weight standpoint, so not a guy that you feel great about from like a press man corner situation, which is what they're kind of transitioning to in Minnesota. However, I think, you know, Minnesota's loss is Washington's game because I think this system here um, is much more conducive to what he does well. I think he plays with Good anticipation. I think he plays with good feet. Is he kind of this high-end, super-explosive athlete? No. But has he started games in the NFL, and can he continue to play good football in the NFL? Yes. And so for a room that needs some depth pieces and and, and needed a, a guy to kind of flesh out that room and compete potentially for a starting spot, compete potentially for a nickel roll, I think that's a really kind of sneaky good signing along with Danny Johnson. I think yeah. Danny Johnson doesn't get enough credit. So I think having both those guys in there, you know, are any of them going to start? Probably not, but do they kind of give you depth? Do they give you confidence in that room? Yeah, and does that prohibit you from drafting a cornerback at, at uh, 16? Yeah. No, I don't think so, but I do think that they're good depth pieces, and that's something that we've been talking about. You and I have been talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guys in the media have been talking about for two years now. They need depth in the cornerback room, so I think these are great depth additions.
1: Speaking of the cornerback spot, Logan, like we mentioned, that is going to be an area that, that folks expect them to target uh, very early in next month's draft. When you look at the scheme that Washington wants to deploy defensively, who are some corners that make sense from a scheme standpoint? I look at a guy like yeah. Keely Ringo, and I wanted to get your opinion on him.
0: Yeah, so Keely Ringo is interesting to me because I think he's got, you know, he's 6'2", he's 205 pounds, he ran a 4'3", he's, he's a freak. But the thing is when you watch his film, you see that his athleticism is somewhat limited to like a linear plane, right? So he doesn't open his hips and turn and run well. And I think in this system I look at the kind of the prototype guy for that i say that, I say that's probably Benjamin St. Juice. So, obviously, you know, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be available, but Christian Gonzalez, Witherspoon are kind of the guys at the top of the list. Uh, Deontay Banks out of Maryland is another guy that I think is very interesting. Even Joey Porter I think is probably a little bit too stiff to operate at a high level in this cover three-quarter six mm-hmm. structure that Jack Del Rio runs. But I think the good thing is that there's outstanding football players throughout this draft that can play corner and can fit this cover three scheme another guy that's interesting is julius brentz i know he's from kansas state he's very raw his film's raw but he tested off the charts he tested in a very similar way Mm -hmm. to benjamin st juice so there's a guy that i think um you know i was not super high on at the start of this process but you know at the senior bowl he did well at the combine he did well you know i've heard from people that he's got kind of the right mental makeup to play in the NFL, and all of those things are very, very encouraging. And I think, you know, what's crazy about it, he's probably the 10th or 12th yeah. corner in this class. class yeah. So, you know, so if he's, if he's there, imagine all the guys that are ahead of him, you know, the kid right. from Miami. You know, there's just so many kids uh, that can play good football, so many good football players. So um, if they don't take one at 16, I definitely think they could take one at 48.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, to me, what makes the pick at 16 so interesting, because like you said, there is... You know, a pretty good amount of depth at the biggest positions of need for Washington. Talking about cornerback and to me, offensive tackle is another area where I really think they got to hit it off at. Uh, going back to the offensive side of the football, I know you've gotten some time to sort of dive into Eric Bieniemy's offense and what he wants to run uh, here in D.C. Now that you've gotten the chance to do that, how do you think Sam Howell fits into this?
0: Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do cuz obviously the offense they run in Kansas City is so influenced by what Patrick Mahomes can do and and his skill set. You know, Patrick Mahomes is is a unicorn, you know, and I know that term gets thrown around a lot, but he he you know, if he were to retire today, there he's in the conversation for maybe the best to ever do it, which is a crazy thing to say cuz he's not that old. But he 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 works magic. So what I what I'm hoping from the enemy is that he knows how to elevate the skill position players here in this offense. Min- mitigate the kind of high-level responsibility of Sam Howell, give him easy throws, which he's perfectly capable of doing, especially if they're able to run the football at a high level. So I look at all this stuff and I say, like, I want an offense that may might look like it did, Kansas City's office did with Alex Smith at the helm, right? Yeah. A little bit more heavy personnel, a little bit more run first, kind of working those play-action shots, finding easy opportunities. And I think that's what Ron wants. I think Eric the can provide that. And I think it's really about just maximizing what Sam does well, which is getting the ball out of his hand quickly and utilizing that that extremely impressive arm, you know, and throwing the football Mm -hmm. down the field. So um, I think as long as we see some of those things that speak to Sam's strength, I think this offense can be very dangerous.
1: Logan, now that you've, you know, gotten to dive into the tape a little bit here, as you've been, you know, grinding tape and watching guys, what's been your favorite position group thus far to watch thus far?
0: Gosh, man, I've really enjoyed watching offensive tackle, and I'll tell you why. Because usually every year you you start watching offensive linemen, and you're like, I like this guy, he's a good football player, but he's probably a guard, right? Yeah. And you kind of go down the list and you say, this guy's a guard, this guy's a guard. And so the last couple of years, the top guys to get drafted to play tackle, play tackle, but everybody else has kind of transitioned to guard. Yeah. And so this year, when you turn on the film, you say, it's surprising because – you know, there's the top three guys, which everybody's talking about, but then there's like a ne- the next four five, maybe six guys that will play tackle in the NFL, which is very, very unusual for drafts. So that gets me excited that, that a position that is is usually very, very hard to come by, very, very hard to kind of um, plan for. All of a sudden, there's five, six, seven guys in the draft this year that could play right or left tackle, depending on your preference tomorrow which is yeah. very very exciting now the rest of the league knows that right and as a result because those guys are so rare in terms of their skill set they're going to get pushed up boards but I think if Washington were to trade back from 16 for example they'd be kind of right in the teeth of like the Anton Harrison's you know mm-hmm. the DeWan Jones the Darnell Wright's um you know one of those types of guys the uh, Matthew Bergeron's right that probably it's yeah. probably a little rich for him but that Those four guys, I think, are exceptional football players. They're going to be playing starting caliber tackle in the NFL. So that gets me super fired up.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, Logan, that you brought up the prospect of trading back because I've kind of had similar thoughts here because of what you said. Because of the depth that you have at your positions of need in this draft, I think you know maybe staying at 16 might be the luxury thing to do, but going back and potentially getting a starter and some day two picks, I could definitely serve you well moving forward. I appreciate you giving us some time, big fella.
0: Thanks, and so I appreciate it, buddy.
1: That is former Commanders tight end Logan Paulson. Make sure you check out his work with Craig Hoffman at least a couple of times a week uh, on the Take Command podcast. The fellas do a great job.
0: Tune In is the
1: audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word.